0: We'll Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I'm your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I have here with me my good buddy, Martin Willis. Yes. Hello.
1: How are you? I
0: better? I'm going to do this, because if people don't see the UFO, i, I got to make sure it gets in oh, the yeah. shot.
1: There it is. People right. People love to see it. Yeah. So, uh,
0: let's see. We've got a lot of people here uh, joining us. Thank you all so much. We've got Dirk. we got... Uh, Uh, We have Dirk who's sure that the show's going to run smoothly And as far as I can tell So far so good Thank you Dirk Uh, Luis uh, mentioning he liked my interview with Abby Loeb So I guess we'll start there But thank you all so much for joining Thank you Martin for joining Today may be a short show Because I don't have a whole lot to talk about But I guess we can start it off now that you and I have both interviewed Avi Loeb, we can I guess uh, compare notes. Um, unfortunately, I have not been able to watch your interview yet. I'm Same here, buddy. You've been yeah, you've been <laughs> super busy. We've both been busy. I've got a new job, and then you've got this big job you're doing too. Yeah. Let's let me full screen you there. Look at wow. that.
1: Yeah, this is just my I have this little apartment on site in this beautiful. Mansion old mansion 1840s mansion down in near Boston and uh I'm just I just dragged some things into this apartment it's all throughout the house just so I can start uh cataloging wow so and there's a Sigmund Freud signature up in the back right there you can see that yeah. um really this picture cool. and I don't know what that signifies but anyway yeah so I'm cool. having fun. I love doing this stuff. So it's a lot of fun. That is cool. I know
0: it's really neat. I mean, the historic stuff. Really cool. Um. So, uh, we'll talk about our Abbey Lobe. I do want to mention one thing because Louise from Unidentified Celebrity Review just mentioned, and you and I had. Uh, I just noticed this a bit ago that uh, Mick West interviewed Louise Elizondo, <laughs> which is really interesting. Um. So. Actually, we could talk about that a bit. I didn't see the interview. Did you? I haven't had time.
1: Okay. I do want to, I mean, that really interests me when someone like him is interviewing someone like him. So I have yeah. to see it. Yeah.
0: So Luis Elizondo, of course, ran the uh, A-TIP program, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which was the UFO portion of OSAP, the Advanced um, Aerospace Weapons System An- Analysis Project. Uh, which was a larger program that kind of morphed into what uh, Lou did, which was just UFOs. So the prior thing did more paranormal type of stuff. And uh, what's interesting is Mick West has been a critic of the group for a long time, including um, contesting that some of the FLIR videos are planes or birds or things that are um, mundane. Right. Uh, but of course, uh, Mick west his background from what I understand he does do some journalism and also uh he's a skeptic uh a debunker kind of uh, essentially uh well a skeptic and then um he also uh, was a game developer I think that's really where he made his uh, his claim to fame yeah. um so I have not seen the interview yet I don't know that i i don't know i don't know it's interesting but I doubt I'll watch it I mean I've got to prioritize. And what's frustrating about it is I personally have not interviewed Mick, nor would I, because he's not an expert on FLIR. Uh the experts have a different opinion than him. Uh when I've seen him debate some of the experts, including like the expert David Fouch, which uh someone I've interviewed for other FLIR uh, issues, uh, you know, he doesn't really address kind of the points that they bring up and You know, I I work with the SCU, of course, the scientific coalition for UAP studies. And we had a uh, a panel recently uh, last week where we discussed this topic, uh, the Nimitz uh, event and those videos quite a bit. And I think that they outline, um, uh, someone came in to argue, there's enough information in the FLIR data to um, be able to make some determinations about speed and, and such. Um, but everyone who really knows FLIR completely disagrees with that. All the experts I've talked to totally disagree with that. Now, what the SEU did is they based their uh, a lot of their data off of radar information, but mostly anecdotal information from radar people, and a little bit of some of the FLIR info. Um, and people have criticized, well, that's anecdotal, true. But uh, the way uh, Kevin Knuth puts it, who's a associate professor of uh, physics. He puts it like this, that, you know, we did use pilot testimony um, and pilots certainly are good witnesses as far as size of aircraft and, and speed of things that they're chasing. And that the the things that they used were uh, broad enough for calculations that even if there's a, a large variance, the uh, which they account for in their report, that uh, the biggest variance, you know, mistake that the pilot could have made. For instance, David Fravor, for instance, uh, is a big witness, uh, since he was the pilot that got closest to the object and chased it in this Nimitz event in 2004. Um, you know that uh, still, even with that, uh, if he was pretty far off, that uh, still extraordinary speeds a- and such that it exhibited. And I think one thing that we have to remember which is kind of difficult for all of us out here is that the uh, Navy feels differently. The DOD, even the DOD that's been difficult uh, and has been not friendly with to the stars or Lou or or the rest of the group. um, They admit that this is, these videos represent unidentified objects, objects that they have ruled out. Um, you know, conventional, even foreign technology. So um, it's the hard part is is we don't know how they made that determination, um, and we may never know. And that's what's really hard because then some people can come out and dispute the findings, uh, but not really can't do it an analysis of where the Navy may have gotten
1: off. Now, didn't I hear? Lou say one time that there's going to be other videos released other than these three.
0: No. And I think that uh Lou is very careful the way he words it. And I think uh, at least I have never heard him say that. What I have heard him say many times is that there are other videos. Yes. And I've heard that. Him say that too. Uh, yeah. And if you actually hear how he frames this, he he's evolved. The way he said it at first, he used to say, I think they'll come out. Just give it time. Any moment now, you're going to see more videos. But as time has rolled on and those insiders that he talked to while he was on the inside, who were enthusiastic about him coming out and everything, uh, are much less enthusiastic about sharing information. And so now he's he doesn't he he kind of frames it. I don't know. If any other videos will come out, I think they will, but uh, we're pushing for it. I've never heard him say for sure other videos will come out, but he says other videos and better videos exist.
1: That's right. And that he's
0: hopeful they'll come out. So,
1: yeah, I heard him say that as well. Well, I interviewed Mick a couple of times, but about specific things that he actually did really good work on. But when I saw what he was uh, putting out there about these videos, um, They were, it was ridiculous what, how he was trying to make them into something that they obviously weren't. Um, But he does do, occasionally does do some really smart work. He does a lot of thorough research.
0: Yeah. I mean, he did, uh, you know, Louis from Unidentified Celebrity Review made another point that Mick uh, did try to compare the Chilean scientists and military pilots being just as qualified as American scientists and pilots. I, don't that doesn't i don't think that would rings true for anybody um that's kind of like saying you know uh the the, the medical you know experts in uh, a rural town and and uh you know oklahoma is going to be the same as some of the top scientists in new york or something i mean there's there's that's just not going to be the case uh education is different and plus, of course, the the best people are in different areas. I would say pilot would be similar, but I I'm sure I know what he's getting at because Mick West debunked a video, uh, a Flir video that the Chilean um, right. military had put out. And you know what? Uh, I agree that several years and, ago, that, yeah, yeah, and I think he did a great job, and I totally I I agree to with his him analysis. Him. Yeah. But there's a much different um, circumstances. Between that and the Nimitz. So, for instance, with the Nimitz, we have not much beyond what uh, was released. Whereas, well, with uh, the Chilean, you were able to tell from the direction uh, what they were looking at. And he was able to show that there was an aircraft in that area. Yes. And so that was a smoking gun. Right. In this situation, we don't have that. Um, so I would say that's the big difference. One of the big differences, but, uh, you know, Chile, unfortunately, I think they've made a lot of bad calls. They've called a lot of unidentified things, uh, or things that are at mundane, least a few, yes. mm-hmm. like bugs. They've got right. these videos that I think are bugs. Uh, they've got yeah. that one. So there's been at least a couple, uh, but Chile, you know, what's remarkable about Chile is that they've been very, Pro UFO uh, and investigating it, and uh, you know, one of the things I really love about uh, what they've—I think—is interesting, I should say. But this is another example of where I don't think that uh, they've done their due diligence. Um, in other words, they had a a government meeting to determine, and when all of these heads of government, people in military, uh, you know, all sat down and to discuss whether or not UFOs were benevolent and uh, or a danger. And what was interesting is that you know, they framed it this way that when they all came to sit at the table, it was already a foregone conclusion that this is a real phenomena. There wasn't a question of whether or not it was a phenomena. The question is how worried they should be. And they determined we shouldn't be too worried that uh, they don't seem to pose a threat or want to hurt anybody uh, that uh, the biggest danger is just being distracted by them. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and I think though, uh, they may be a little premature in that, uh, I, I would like to think that they're, they're right. And I think that they have a lot of information to, uh, substantiate that. I mean, and that they've had UFO encounters, um, and there's other South American countries they work with that have had UFO encounters and there haven't, they haven't seemed to, you know, been wanting to hurt them or, or anybody, but um, you know, who knows? Some people argue, well, what if they're observing us? What if they're you know, recon type of thing where you know you've got to test your enemy's defenses before you attack type of thing. Who knows? But um, even if there is a third party at all involved, who knows? Uh, so but so
1: anyways, well, yes, well one of the mistakes we can make is when we're trying to figure this whole thing out, you know, benevolency or or whatever. Um, We always seem to do it in like a human context. Mm -hmm. Um, We have no idea how something else, if something else is coming here from somewhere else, how they would think, how they would evolve. Um, If they're violent, if they're not violent, we have no idea.
0: Yeah. Uh, Strange Recon makes a comment that Mick West kind of takes the attitude, if I can replicate Kate, what you see in the video, how do you get off saying it's a true unknown? And I mean, I think, you know, yeah, that's just not that great of an argument in that, you know, we can replicate Star Trek, we can replicate spaceships flying around in the sky, Um, you know, uh, and even more mundane. And I've always said this, and this is a hard part, when it comes to UFO sightings, often photos and videos, or if not always, they don't add a whole lot to the case just because for that reason, they can be uh, duplicated. So, for instance, most of the UFO videos or or pictures out there are points of light in the night sky. Uh, and, you know, that can be anything. So uh, what do you have to rely on? You have to rely on the supporting information and witness testimony and what other supporting data you have such as you know radar data that supports the witness testimony and the uh, level of credibility of that testimony. so for instance there's a big difference between a witness and an expert witness. Um, so even in court you know if someone is contesting pleading insanity you need an expert to say that they're insane you need doctors. Um, In this case, we have expert witness testimony in that I think you can count a a jet fighter pilot as an expert, especially when it comes to identifying aircraft and uh, technologies, uh, aircraft technology. So that, uh, you know, counts for a lot more when you have an expert opinion, especially an expert in this case, uh, an expert witness who chased the object with his own, you know, cutting edge technology. Um, that right. way he can test that technology we have against the technology that he experienced. So I think that's a little bit um different. Um, so I don't know. I just uh yeah, I but the other thing with Elizondo doing this interview with Mick West is that Elizondo's doing a lot of interviews. Now that he's not with two of the stars, he gets to determine who to talk to. And I think this is really good evidence um that. He's a genuine guy, and and isn't real isn't lying. He believes in what he's doing. I, uh, I mean, he is even doing interviews with Mick West, one of his big detractors. Uh, yeah. You know, he did when he started doing this. He did an interview with John Greenwald. He's done interviews with a lot of different people, uh, and and it just shows he's really willing to get out there and talk to people, and uh, even talk to people who are critical of him. And I think that uh, that says a lot uh, yeah. to not be afraid like that.
1: Yeah. Maybe I should start being critical so I can get an interview. I
0: know. I'm sorry. We're trying. We'll get you an interview Uh, because for goodness sakes, if anybody should get an interview, it should be podcast UFO, right? That's
1: right. right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to text. There's been at least one or two people I've noticed who have tried to text him and got, got an interview. Someone else asked me, how do I get an interview? And I said, well, DM him. That seems to work. And uh, he shut down his DM. So, But anyway, let's see. What up was I getting to? Oh, Abby Loeb. So now that you oh, and yeah. I have interviewed Dr. Avi Loeb, uh, thank you, Louis. said he watched it and he liked the interview. But um, what I really liked about my interview was he told me... Uh, well, was just that... He's so enthusiastic and nice. I mean, mm-hmm. there was uh, and excited about the topic and the mystery of it all. If you yeah. read his book, you read his book, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I thought was really interesting about the book is how he really, it gets emotional and it gets kind of personal.
1: Yeah. A lot and of he personal. talks
0: about how the search for extraterrestrial life has actually been a major drive for him throughout his life and his career.
1: And, and he look. I like the way he, he looks at it like through a child's eyes. That's very important, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he also, his book was easy to read. And I thought it was really good.
0: It was, it was very easy to read. I think he really breaks it down as far as the anomalies. And at least as far as I've seen, and I kind of talked to him about this, is that a lot of his, his critics, Gotten some of them have gotten very personal, which is kind of surprising to me because uh, these people who are attacking him are attacking him, uh, claiming he's being unprofessional, that uh, you know, he's hurting science by really pushing something that isn't substantiated, kind of something that we argue with people about. Uh, you mean
1: like the rest of science does with dark energy and you know, all that
0: totally yeah it's not and and it is a theory of his and uh the other part of it was that you know they're accusing him of being unprofessional meanwhile they start getting personal personally attacking him and mean and very unprofessional in their attacks they're not just attacking the data in fact one of the largest uh you know outlets that wrote an article or had an op-ed piece from some guy criticizing Uh, That got really personal. He was like, obviously, we all agree that this has got to be a a meteorite and that it moves because of outgassing. And just because he says you couldn't see the outgassing doesn't mean it wasn't there. We just couldn't see it. And uh, so obviously, this was a meteorite. But the problem with this is is with Loeb out there saying all this stuff is blah, 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 blah. And he goes on and on and on. The science, which is what he's arguing that, Dr. Avi Loeb isn't doing is the science, he totally gets wrong. He does a, the same thing. He brushes it off, only uh, addresses one of Avi Loeb's arguments that this thing is, is, is strange instead of addressing all of the other issues. Because what's interesting is, you know, uh, uh, regarding the outgassing is that uh, Dr. Loeb makes a point And if you think about this, you know, outgassing this, this rock is tumbling through the sky. And it's when it gets close to the sun, it's got a pocket of uh, liquid in it, probably water. As that heats up, it's going to turn to steam and eventually burst out. That's outgassing. And so that'll push it and it'll change its tumble and it'll move along. But what was interesting about this object is as it moved away, the tumble didn't change at all. If there was outgassing anywhere, you know, that's going to make the tumble change. It's going to make it it, Hmm. it's going to change the Hmm. way it moves. And that didn't happen. And I think that's probably the stronger argument that it wasn't outgassing. Um, He also, when I brought this up, brought up the point that it moved away from the sun in a, uh, its movement away from the sun was gradual and it, it Correlated with its distance from the sun, um, which indicates there was a relation with the sun and the change in the direction, the deviation that he calls it. Um, So that's really interesting. So, um, And he even makes a point, I'm fine with people arguing with with my theory, but Hmm. give me a, a scientific argument. Um, and the SEU does this. The SEU gets a lot of heat for this because they say, okay, we see, Mick West, that you have an argument against our paper. Write up a paper like we've done. Write up a paper where you can pinpoint where we've got things wrong. And that'll let us know you know, where we're wrong and how you're right. And uh, even just the other day, we told, they told somebody that, or in an email, someone saw the panel, who was trying to argue that Mick West right. We're like, write it up and let us know. Because these guys want the data. They all would love it. They don't mind being proven wrong. But you got to prove them wrong. And I know there's many times they take information. And I've been in these meetings where, where they're like, we got an argument from someone and they could be right. So they're going to write something up and give it to us. Uh, they, they kind of looked at it in a way we didn't. Um, so it might be right. They look at it and they're like, well, you know, it, it's not necessarily disputing what we're saying, but they're taking a genuine look. And, uh, you know, there's been, like I said, several times where we're like, hey, these guys might have something. Maybe they figured out we are wrong about this or that. Um. So, yeah. you know, it's a process. You can't just do science by proclamation as Stanton Friedman. Used yeah. To say. Old you have to actually give the data to prove yeah. your side.
1: And we should be seeing more of these things, whatever they are, mm. you know, now that we have the capability, you know, that was one of the first things yeah. I, I asked him when I was interviewing, although, you know, I, I understood, but it's good for everyone who's listening, watching the show mm. is, uh, we now have the capability to see these things we didn't before. And then the James Webb is going to may help in certain ways, uh, that's launching in October this year, supposedly. Mm, Right. That should open up a lot of doors. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll see. Uh, so yeah, he was really cool. I think it's really neat. I think that, um, you know, what did he say? Uh, that his goal is really, if he can turn on, any other scientist or a person to get involved to to look into this type of stuff and take it seriously his goal will be met and i think he's going to have a lot of people that uh, he's influenced and he's you know uh, like we talked about in our interview um you know he's the a major part of this trend of scientists taking the extraterrestrial potential seriously um, and I, we had talked about how even in Tabby Star, you know, that object that, uh, you know, essentially Tabby Star, we'll put it like this for those of you who aren't aware of how this works. You know, the Kepler looks for dimming. Um, they look at stars and it looks for patterns of dimming. And they're able to use those patterns of dimming to determine when, you know, you've got a sun. I like having visuals. A sun and you know a moon is going or a planet's going in front of the star. It's going to make the star dim on a regular basis, and they measure it to determine how many planets may be around a sun. That's what they're looking for. Um, with tabby star, they see irregular patterns of dimming, so they don't know what it might be. Um, so uh, they they said it could be this X, Y, or Z. But in the the scientists who wrote up the paper originally writing about this discovery they made um had speculated uh theorized that one possibility is that it's extraterrestrial technology and uh it's shani just mentioned dyson sphere exactly they mentioned that could be one of the technologies i think the dyson sphere idea is kind of goofy I, it's interesting but i don't think it's anything it's kind of a silly idea as far as you know building this giant as Dyson Sphere is essentially building this giant um, bubble around a sun of uh, essentially um, solar panels, so that these solar panels can all gather the energy and then they beam that energy back. But of course, then you're blocking all of the light, you're absorbing a lot of the heat. Um, it's probably going to destroy your planet if you completely encompass the sun, uh, or You know, Star Trek had an episode where they built one of these and they actually lived inside this Dyson sphere. Maybe that would be a little more realistic. But just imagine building a sphere around a sun. How huge that's going to be. Yeah. Where would you get the materials? Yeah. So I don't I I think that idea is kind of um, I would think more of like an armada of ships or something in between our planet. But that's still an unsolved mystery. It probably is dusts and comets and stuff. Who knows? Or, yeah, yeah. Um, my cousin Jason of the Crypto Science Society is in the chat, and he says right. uh, it could be other superstructures, which is a great point. So who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Oh, and that is a good point. Um, OG Skywatch says uh, about the uh, Oumuamua, the object that uh, Dr. Abby Loeb has been talking about, is that... Uh, it's not cigar shaped. It's it's probably disc shaped, flat yeah. and round. Um, all take. we know is that it's longer than it is wide, and a lot longer. Um, so that's what we know. And and by its size, it's got to be really thin. So the artist who NASA or whoever got, I think it was NASA originally, drew up, you know, this using that. It must be, look like a cigar shaped asteroid, but uh, we don't yeah. know. And like Dr. Avilub says, the biggest thing we could have done is taken a picture because then we would have been. And if we took a picture and it turned out to look like Do you have a pancake or something. No? Oh, I don't have a pancake, but look, I have my. <clears throat> I mean, oh, he thinks it looked more wow. like this. Look at that thinner. Yeah, this is um the thing you put your phone on and it charges.
1: Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So that's what Dr. Abby Loeb is thinking. Uh,
1: uh. Yeah. There were so there six, we go. six really strange things. I can't remember exactly what they were, just some of them. That it just had, there were, but there were six. I mean, usually you would think maybe one or two odd things, but there were six Mary, very old strange thing, things. Hey, Mary, Mary. Grace.
0: Yeah, six things. So read the book. But the other thing with the book, and I didn't get into this, is the synchronicities. I mean, he got into syn- such as he was in Hawaii.
1: Oh, yes. When, when they, they spotted were it.
0: probably, yeah. yeah, spotted it. He didn't know at the time. He was vacationing. He didn't find out about it till much later. But... Uh, When they spotted it, he was in Hawaii at the time. Yeah. But it was interesting. He talked about synchronicities. Now, he did, you know, go with the definition of it's a perceived, you know, it's a coincidence that is perceived to have um, significance more than it actually does. Uh, He doesn't necessarily believe, you know, it's God's hand or something like that involved with these synchronicities. But uh, he did talk quite a bit about synchronicities in the book. I can't remember some of the others, but that was really interesting too. Uh, Strange Recon podcast asked a good question. Uh, why haven't either of you guys interviewed actual astronomers instead of taking Abby's
1: words for it? Well, two things. I actually had Mark D'Antonio on the interview with us. Oh, he is. an did. astronomer. Who's an astronomer. Yes.
0: Now, uh, Mark is an astronomer and he's extremely intelligent, but he doesn't work as an astronomer day to day. Yeah. Uh, although he kind of does. Saying. He's got his podcast, but. I have talked to uh astronomers in fact on this station open minds uh i've got a lecture from one of the well i did this out in phoenix uh he spoke for phoenix mufon he was one of the local he runs uh, the the um uh the telescope uh near where we lived in the mesa arizona which is a huge area but uh, it's for Maricopa County. He runs the uh, the telescope there and he came to do a talk at Phoenix MUFON and we didn't know what he was gonna say. Of course, I'm not a part of Phoenix MUFON, but my good friend Stacy runs it. We didn't know what he was gonna say, but his lecture was fascinating. And you know, this is not a UFO guy at all, but you can watch that lecture, Phoenix MUFON, let me post it right here on the Open Mind YouTube, So go watch that, it's in the featured videos, but there you go, that's an interview with an actual astronomer, but I've also talked to others. But that's the first thing is I have interviewed astronomers. The second thing is like what Jason just said, uh, Crypto Science Society, Abby is an astronomer. Not only is he an astronomer, he's an astronomer at Harvard, an astrophysicist at Harvard. And he's in charge of the, he was in charge of the whole department. Not only that, I mean, he's very celebrated. If you look at his background, he's got uh, an incredible background. So, uh, yeah, so we have talked to other astronomers. So there. Mm. Do either of us believe, just kidding, Strange Recon's asking lots of questions. So we're doing a little bit of an AMA here, right? Yeah, this is kind of an AMA. And I should have mentioned that from the beginning that this would be kind of an AMA. Uh, so, please, and I did say, and you know, when I tweeted out to people, come with your questions. So, let me know if your questions. Uh, yeah, these days, Jason's making the note that there's not a lot of difference between astrophysicists and astronomers these days. Uh, let's see. Daryl is asking, first of all, thank you, Daryl. He uh, threw me some cash there. Do either of you? So, we'll definitely ask his question. Do I Mm. either of you believe there is incontrovertible proof that we are or have been visited by off-world intelligent life? If Mm. so, what's an example? Great question, Daryl. What's your answer? You go first. Me go first. (laughs) I I think you would know my answer, though. I don't want to influence your answer. I'll go first if you really want me to, though.
1: um, Well, all I can say is... I, I reluctantly say that we really don't, you know, I, I, I can't think of any definite evidence. It's all um, anecdotal, unfortunately. I mean, there's so much that, I mean, we have say there's trace evidence there's this, there's that, there's radar, but we just don't know where they're from. That's the thing. We can't say they're from another planet or we can't say they're time travels. We can't say they're interdimensional. We can't say any of it because we don't have real solid proof of any of it. That's, that's what I think. And it's kind of unfortunate. I agree with but, yeah.
0: yeah. I agree with you hundred um, percent that no, I don't believe that we have incontrovertible proof uh, that we're being visited by off world life. I personally don't think so at all. Uh, Of course, we're looking for that, and it would be really exciting if we found that, but I don't think we do. Someone asked a great follow up question, though. Shawnee, well, he made a comment, and he says, uh, What about, he said, There's overwhelming evidence of non human intelligence behind some UFOs, not Mm. necessarily alien, though. What do you yeah. think of that? Yeah. Let me put it up so you could see it a little more clearly.
1: Yeah. It's exactly right. Not necessarily mm. alien, you know, but there, yeah. it, it seems like there is intelligence behind some of what people see for sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, you go back to David Fravor, uh, there was some type of intelligence in, what, in that tic tac that was doing what it was doing or was controlled by some type of intelligence. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. I would not say there's overwhelming evidence of non-human intelligence, but I would say there are, there's very compelling uh, evidence or indicators. I wouldn't say it's overwhelming and for certain that it's intelligent. um, For certain. But uh, I would say there seems to be, um, there's definitely a true mystery that we don't know, you know? Um, Yeah. And uh, we don't know if it's non-human either. What if it's from the future? What if it's from another dimension and they're human? And what's interesting is that a lot of the credible scientists that are into this topic, uh, especially along the line to astrophysicists or, or people in in physics, um, especially theoretical physics that, Theoretical physics has really adopted this idea of multiple universe and the multiverse and all of this stuff. And so they feel that perhaps scientifically there's more grounds that it could be something uh, interdimensional or ultra, you know. So it's hard to say. Um, On the other conversation with Avi Loeb, Strange Recon says he just doesn't agree with Dr. Avi Loeb, which is fine. Um, but he says <laughs> he's also wondering if I use hair product.
1: I saw uh, that. I'll, ad- yeah. I'll
0: address that question if some people want to. Uh, I do. Want me to? Yeah. If I do. Yeah. More people want me to address that question about hair products. I will. But sometimes people get mad because sometimes you know we've joked around about stuff like that, and they're like, "What's I gonna do with your photos? And I get your point. But yeah, uh, it is a theory. What Dr. Avi Loeb is saying is a theory. It could be a meteorite. There could be outgassing uh, of some sort. Uh, We just, and we don't know. Uh, What we have is just a set of data to go off of, but we don't know what we don't know. And at least people can argue that the set of data that we have does not prove one way or the other. And uh, I think that's the argument that he's making, And I think that uh, others would feel that it's fair in that we just don't have enough data.
1: Um, One of the things that I liked about him, he said in a way he felt like he was kind of paving the road for people to come up behind him to have more of an open mind to look at these things in this way. Mm -hmm. So he made he made a lot about that, that he wants Mm -hmm. younger people to get involved in. Taking a good look at this. Wow, I see someone in the uh, chat down there. Yeah. Someone named
0: Karen Brard. And yeah. Look at the picture. Oh, my God. This wow. woman
1: is gorgeous. She's beautiful. Wow. She is so hot. And would you yeah. believe her? Yeah, that's the question. If your
0: girlfriend said she was abducted, would you believe her? You know what's really funny about that question? It's, it's a loaded question. Cause she knows say, the answer. Yeah. Not that she's claimed she's been abducted. She doesn't. But I think she knows that if she came to me and said, I think I was abducted. I'd be like, Hmm, are you sure? Give me the circumstance. Are you sure it wasn't um, this? Are you sure it wasn't that? So that's pretty funny.
1: Sleep paralysis. Yeah.
0: So slider is asking. So why did it change speed? We don't know. I mean, outgassing would cause it to change speed and direction. Um, but it would also mean that the tumble would change. And most likely, because they did have a camera on it, they would have been able to see the uh, the gases coming out of the object. And they never did. So outgassing is a possibility. And, and I'm not saying that you know outgassing is completely ruled out. But the evidence didn't support outgassing to this point. And, you know, there could have been some sort of anomalistic outgassing. That is abnormal. That could have happened. We don't know. Um, So we don't know. Uh, The other thing is to think about here is that, you know, he's talking about it possibly being a solar panel and space junk. So if it it was a, you know, a device that was made to be activated and to go away, to be pushed by photons, essentially, which is what a solar... uh, sale is you know you you push photons push it along but like the Starshot, light
1: the star yeah. shot that he was involved in
0: yeah and uh, we over, we can overseen. explain
1: that yeah
0: so um that's what he's saying if it was like space junk and this thing was out there you know that would make sense for it being pushed along um but yeah Starshot, and that's what's really cool too and people do say what well, this seems to be a coincidence that, uh, you know, that uh, Avi Lo was working with Yuri Milner. And I had talked about this in previous shows because this was exciting to me. In fact, we covered it quite a bit. Doctor, or not doctor, he's not a doctor, he's a billionaire. Billionaire Yuri Milner, this Russian, wants to find aliens. And so he hired scientists to look for it. In his and lifetime. he hired Dr. Lowe. Yeah. And this is in the book. Great thing to read in the book. And so Dr. and he said, I want, yeah, in my lifetime, like you just said, I want to send some kind of craft to Alpha Centauri to look for aliens. And uh, and so what he came up with was these solar sails. Of course, solar sails isn't a new idea. It's even in Star Trek, just like the Dyson spheres. Um, but he, he did the math and figured out we could actually really create these solar sails, push them with a laser, um, to float out and they can get to Alpha Centauri within 20 years and send information back about the area. And uh, so we would know more about, uh, you know, our closest solar system. So yeah, that's a project he's working on and who knows, maybe it will get, um, some money and that'll happen, but who knows? So.
1: Yeah. I I couldn't figure out how those things worked, but he explained it very well. They basically, uh, the most expensive part of it is a very high powered laser and it only is directed on the sale for a short amount of time until it gets it up to a certain amount of light speed. Right. And then it just kind of sails the rest of the way. And each of those sale units, uh, cost about as much as a cell phone does. So mm-hmm. it's not very, that part's not very expen- expensive. The laser mm-hmm. part is, yeah. but again, it's going to take, you know, uh, so many years to get a signal back or whatever once, uh, once it gets into the vicinity out there. So uh, just to follow up here, (laughs) Uh, what was that? A chicken? chicken?
0: No, this is Renee who I think is a guy, but he likes this uh, girl in a bikini. He, he sent a duck for something like that for some reason. Uh, So, Daryl says, thanks, guys. He believes that there is a bunch of evidence out there that uh, alien life is out there and has been here. Um, so he, he believes there is enough evidence, which is great. Um, let's see. Otherwise, uh, oh, Strange Recon is saying that we. Oh, we there's do a know duck th-
1: behind me. They see the duck behind me. That's a Canada goose decoy. Oh, there's a duck yeah. behind you? Canada Look at how goose. Funny.
0: Is that a yeah. bowler hat there?
1: No, that's, that's a World a... War I helmet. Oh, okay. And below okay. It is two, there's two World War II helmets oh. behind it. The family was both World War I and World War II. Is that a duck yeah. or a goose? That is a Canada goose.
0: Aha. Uh-huh. I was yeah. right.
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. Very funny. So, yeah, so okay we need some and then, more questions from you. We need some questions. Well,
0: did we answer So we answered the Avi Loeb question. I think we did answer all of the questions except for about my hair. Do I use product? <laughs> Not much. Look, you're saying there's no way yeah. your hair is like wow. that. My hair is like this. Yeah. And in California. But uh, the, you know what? There's a little product in here. Because if I didn't have a very tiny bit. Oh, my gosh. now I can't tell what I do. Yeah. I'm going to have to put on a hat. Or I could do my own kind of Giorgio Tsoukalos crazy hair thing. Yeah. You should do that next time. Yeah. Then everybody will think I'm copying him. Put on my NASA hat. But, uh, yeah, I do use a little bit of a tiny bit there. Otherwise, my hair frizzes. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hey, people, don't get on uh, Strange Recon too bad. We like to be challenged on this show. I don't use product. I'm in California. Most people in California use product. But my point being that uh, I what I meant about California is I was living in Arizona for a long time. It's super dry and it would dry out my hair. I don't have to really use a moisturizer. Uh, just Come so on. You know, this is a show about here, UFOs. But, uh, Come on.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs> Karen says so you there look you fine go. anyway. Yeah.
0: There's the big mystery about, oh, my honey says I look fine. Thank you, honey yeah. bunny. All right. So I think that we have Karen's asking goofy questions. Never go full Giorgio. That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I can't go full Giorgio. He's got it. I can't just copy Giorgio. Although speaking of copying Giorgio is, uh, the ancient aliens production crew love me. Uh, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the show, I do like Giorgio. Um, He's a funny guy, but uh, but um, the Ancient alien guys really love me. And, uh, you know, I've, I speak at the Alien Cons. They've been doing these virtual Alien Con events that they've had me joining. And I'm going to be doing a couple more. So uh, hmm. we're working it out, but they want me to write an op-ed for their Alien Con website. So I'll do that. Uh, probably, uh, I think probably... What I'll argue, which what I think the big news is, is just how incredible the disclosure has been. We really have gotten pretty much disclosure by Lou Elizondo coming out and all of what's been created. Uh, So I'll probably write something along those lines to just be like, do you guys realize where we are at this point? I mean, that this topic is being taken seriously now, uh, that scientists are, are considering it, that... You know, We've got these people like Dr. Kevin Knuth or, or Dr. Abby Loeb out here advocating for these sort of things. It's amazing. So um, I'll probably write an op-ed about that, and then I'll be hosting a disclosure panel very kind of similar to the one that I was involved with uh, just a few weeks ago where Nick Pope moderated it. Uh, but I'll be moderating one, and I can't remember who's all... I think Nick will be on it. I think um, they're going to have... Uh, um, This one will be interesting because we'll have Richard Dolan on it. Um, And I can't remember who else. So, of course, uh, Richard has different ideas. But Richard Dolan is uh, very intelligent, um, very articulate, uh, always fun to talk with. Uh, So we'll be talking to him about that. Um, And, of course, he has some beliefs that are just much different than my own. But uh, it's always fun to debate and talk to him about that kind of thing. So that'll be fun. So we've got that coming up. Um, any thought on APL's theory on hyperdrive tech? I'm not sure what you mean by that one. Anonymous Rex, sorry. Um, yeah,
1: that's. Uh,
0: oh, and I haven't watched this yet. And then Mary Grace is saying that Giorgio was on the TV show Resident Alien on sci fi. I actually got to uh, do a trivia, I got to join a Zoom and do some alien trivia with the cast of Resident Alien. And Mm. uh, on Instagram, I did a little video uh, where I recorded a little bit of it. So you can go see some of that on Instagram. But they didn't record it or share it. So unfortunately, you guys can't watch it. It was a lot of fun. So uh, let's see. Thank you, Rodrigo, saying I would add some value to Ancient Aliens. I've only been on... Most of the time I'm debunking stuff. I feel like I'm Mick West on that show. And when they call me up and ask me to talk on a certain topic, I I tell them straight off. Well, I can speak on that topic, but I'm going to say something I think very different than what you're going to present. Here's what I would say. And usually they're like, yeah, that doesn't fit, but they do have me in to interview me a couple of times. I think the first time they didn't even air it because I was not talking about what they wanted. Cutting
1: room floor. Yeah,
0: But what's fun is I feel it's almost like the producers are picking my brain. They're like, okay, what's really going on with this stuff? Uh, the second time they did that, it was a long interview and they only used a short part. And it was on Chile, an episode on Chile. And I think that they used the part where I was explaining what I was explaining earlier, how Ch- the Chilean government had all met and determined that these things were, uh, were benevolent, that there's nothing to fear. From the aliens. But lots of people saying. Resident alien is awesome. It looks like it's really funny. Um, There's also a new show. Called debris coming out. Yeah, Where some kind of space debris. Lands and it's it's magic. Or something. Causes weird stuff to, to happen. But now that we're talking about TV. And entertainment. There's also a show out there. Called truth seekers. That is friggin hilarious it's really good it's this guy who is um uh, let me show you because it's uh if you don't know his name it it was created by simon pegg and nick frost and simon pegg has not been in it so far that i've seen but um nick frost is the main character And I'll show you a picture here so you can see um, who I'm talking about. But it's a hilarious show. So essentially he's the guy who, uh, his character, oh, dang it, you have to log into this stupid one. Sorry, let me change it over. Because the show's on Prime. Wouldn't it
1: be funny? Let me try this. Oh, I saw it on there, but I didn't know what it was. Okay,
0: I'm going to share the screen here, peeps. Patience, my young friends. Okay, here we go. True Seekers. Oh, it's even showing it. There you go. There he is. So you guys probably recognize him now. But anyways, the show's hilarious. So essentially him and his buddy behind him are uh, uh, like cable guys. and uh, But the guy, that the big dude, main character, also has a YouTube. He's like us. He's got a YouTube, a paranormal YouTube where he goes and does ghost hunting and stuff. And so uh, on that level, it's hilarious too because, you know, he's trying to get published in the the big paranormal magazine and stuff like that but what's really funny too is they have it completely wrong so in other words they'll go like somewhere and he'll look in the magazine oh there's nothing going on that this paranormal group researched this area and it's not paranormal at all and so they go and of course it's super paranormal um and this girl that uh, is back here has all kinds of paranormal stuff happening to her and they're trying to help her out or something too so but it's the show is friggin' hilarious. And if you're into you know, all of us, anybody listening to this podcast will definitely appreciate it. In fact, my girlfriend, my precious girlfriend, who I just said was so beautiful, says that uh, the main character reminds her of me, <laughs> which is not necessarily a compliment. It's a compliment in a way. He's a smart uh, guy. But, uh, you know, he probably his, his uses stuff silly. in his hair,
1: too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, wow. so everybody is really liking that resident alien, so we'll have to check it out. Have to, slide but anyways, and the helmet. There it is. Ghost Hunter started out as Roto Rooter Plumbers. It's true, but uh, please do, yeah, go check out uh, True Seekers. It's hilarious. It's really, really funny. All right, uh, Beard Rojas has to make an appearance. Actually, what's funny is Zoom. I've been doing a lot of training and stuff for my new job, and uh, Zoom allows you to add a beard. And I've been doing that sometimes. And uh, so far, I haven't gotten in trouble, but uh, I better not push it. Phoenix Abby Lynn says, I was thinking about Sean of the Dead today. That's so strange. I think that was the name in the movie again. I'll watch. But no, I think those guys were in Sean of the Dead. Those guys that do True Seekers uh, were part of it. So, really funny. <laughs> But anyway, I guess that is all. Unless you all have any more questions, I think we'll start to wrap it up here. Um, I do want to plug again, Jason from the Crypto Science Society. Uh, He started this while he was in college. And actually I ended up going to Metro State College. That's what it was at that time. I think they've changed their name to Denver Metropolitan University or something. But uh, when we were there, uh, he started up this this group in the college and he still helps out and, and does that. So check out his website, check out Crypto Science Society, cool stuff. Um Daryl again with another tip. And you're gonna have to answer this question because he gave a tip <laughs> he wants to know yeah. about yeah. your hair products.
1: Yeah, it's called a razor. <laughs> that's, all, that's, <laughs> that's about, about your, all I your use. hair product. Yeah
0: that's it that's uh, funny whatever happened to blossom Goodchild? i'm not sure who that is yeah, yeah. but uh, there's your answer daryl uh the razor is his but yeah thank you uh, please do check out podcast ufo uh of course that's martin's show uh, every tuesday um and you can also follow him and get previews and other stuff at uh, his patreon Uh, metropolitan state university of denver it's called it it used to be called metro state college but uh and for me let me give you updates on what's going on with open minds in my show so uh, i'm in i'm training i'm still doing mortgage loans uh in fact if you need a mortgage get a hold of me i can help you out uh refi I might not be able to help you. I'm not doing refis, just purchases, but uh, I, our company does refis and we've got some great deals. And I may be able to personally help you with your refi, uh, but I can definitely help you with purchases. Uh, you know, get a hold of me if you need something like that. Also, if you're looking for a job uh, and you want to do mortgages, I can help you out with that too. Uh, you know, it's something that I've cut started to do because of the pandemic, screwed up my whole life, <laughs> like many of us. And this is something that's kind of, been pandemic proof. In fact, it's been doing really well because rates being so low. Um, but it's also something you can do remotely and you don't necessarily have to interact with people face to face. Although everything, thank goodness, is finally starting to clear up. Even in San Diego, here where it was really bad, uh, they're talking about in another week opening up, uh, I'll be able to get my hair cut. Uh, people seem to be wow. barely fascinated with my hair. And I like that because I'm always self-conscious about it and it is well, weird this is what really makes me see how this part's all silvery and then it's dark right here looks weird i wish it was more consistent but what can you do my honey likes it that's good enough but yeah. um yeah they're gonna gyms and everything i haven't been to the gym since the pandemic's like a year so i'll be i can't wait to get to the gym get my haircut and get into restaurants um, even though Arizona has been terrible and you know, has not been good about being disciplined about things, in my humble opinion, um, they I haven't really been going out so much there, but uh, yeah, everything's opening up, it, it's getting better. Life is the sun's coming out, things are getting better, people. It's gonna get better. So, uh, uh but
1: we will uh, get the forward. other
0: thing is, since I'm too busy, you know, one of the things I tried to do was I was like, maybe I'll try these new systems and everything to try to make open minds a full-time thing. Like it used to be when we had this sponsor who paid for stuff that didn't really work. And I don't mind. Uh, it's no big deal. I think it's always just like, you know, you're checking out the market and seeing how, um, uh, you know, what the demands are out there. And I'll be honest, I definitely don't have the times or the means to spend all I could on, on marketing perhaps, but, I think that what we do is also very niche, that um, first of all, uh, you know, people being interested enough in the UAP phenomenon to actually seek out information is is a niche. And then an even smaller, very much smaller niche are those people looking for credible information. I think a lot of people love to use this for escapism, like being interested in sci-fi or something, and they like the mythology and they like the speculation. And that's all well and fine. There's plenty of that you can find out there. Uh, but of course, what you and I are more to and, and me even more specifically uh, into really kind of this government stuff and the science and some of this burgeoning uh, mainstream stuff that is starting to come out, journalism and stuff like that. And um, that's what's really exciting to me and what I follow. And it's just, you know, there's just a narrow field of people that are interested in that. But what am I getting at? What I'm getting at is now that I'm working full time, and I don't really have time, to, and I can't guarantee, you know, that we'll have a show every week or I can do a, uh, every interview every week. So I don't, I'm, I'm not putting anything behind a paywall right now anymore. So even all of my Rojas reports that were behind a paywall are no longer behind a paywall. So you'll see a Rojas reports playlist below. And maybe you clicked on a couple of those and it said, hey, give me a couple bucks. And uh, you were too cheap to pay the couple bucks to watch and you got mad. Well, that's okay. Because now you can go watch it and you don't have to pay the couple bucks. Um, But Or maybe you just didn't have the couple bucks because, you know, the pandemic was rough on you too. And I get that. No doubt about it. I'm just kidding around. But, uh, two, go see my interview. I've got... Interview with Chris Mellon. I've got an interview with uh, Luis Elizondo on there. I've got my interview with John Greenwald, our first interview together after a couple years of uh, battling. We were really and John, he's just too ornery. He's still getting in fights now. He's like getting in fights with Tim McMillan, his buddy. Uh, I don't know what this is all about. So. Wow. Uh but anyway, me and John are okay. good. And of course he does do some good work. And I'm good with Tim McMillan and all these guys. It's rare that I'm in some kind of argument with anybody. It's really rare. David Marlar question mark. Yes. What a, what Somebody asked David me Marler? David Marlar question mark. Yeah. My answer would be yes. Yes, whatever. Whatever it is, <laughs> yes. As long whatever as it's good. It yeah. David Marlar is friggin' awesome. So he yes. Is. Uh, So anyway, that's the deal. So, of course, I've still got my Patreon. I still have the membership thing here on YouTube. Uh, You can uh, definitely join here on YouTube or on Patreon, but I can't guarantee I'll be able to give you any exclusive information. So if you're joining on either of those things, it's just to support me and what I do. Thank you very much. However, if... You don't want to pay because you don't want to pay if you're not getting anything special. That's cool, too. So there you go. Uh, and, you know, someone Rodrigo brought up another great question. He said, Alejandro, how about the conference presentations? I did Captain Laurie's Recreation and haven't watched it yet. I'm not sure what you mean. I definitely Please, don't uh, know. Give me a little more info, Rodrigo. Uh, He'll let me know. Rodrigo's awesome. Oh, David Marler's like me is what Shawnee was saying, I think. Uh, Yes, I think David Marler and I agree. David Marler is extraordinary. I just freaking love that guy. So, yeah, yeah, he's great. His research is incredible. He's also a great person. Um, And, you know, I went to his wedding in New Mexico about a year or so ago, just before the pandemic. Karen and I went and uh, John Alexander was there with his wife. Um. Hmm. So we uh, spent the time with them, and that was a lot of fun. Um. And uh. But so that's what's going on. Oh, conference-wise, though, that's what you reminded me, Rodrigo. The International UFO Congress. It's going. This is news to you, Martin. This was news to me as of like yesterday. So, uh, that that hotel in downtown Phoenix where it was held a couple years ago. We'll be opening up in May, uh, plenty of time before September, which is when the conference will be like it was last time. The website's already getting updated. If you go to ufocongress.com, do keep updated there. Uh, the dates are up there, uh, the 8th through the 12th of September. A lot of the speakers that were uh, joined us for the virtual conference that Martin helped us run uh, and Jason helped us run also, my cousin, uh, a lot of them are going to be back. And so um, come check it out. It's UFO Congress. So you can go to ufocongress.com. Or Renee says UFOCon. Actually, I own that domain. If you go to ufocon.com, it'll actually just go to the UFO Congress. So, a redirect. Um, yeah. A redirect right back to the UFO Congress. So uh, a lot of, I don't know if you've noticed this, a lot of conferences have been trying to use that term, UFOCon. And we had batted around, too, um, but the, the owner at the time definitely didn't want to do that. And Karen didn't want to do that. I don't it know if first. I like
1: con in a title. I know, because people always laugh. Like alien alien con. con. So the yeah. alien is a con, a con man.
0: Exactly. They always laugh. Oh, it's appropriate. It's a big con. So uh, I think that's what happens with people
1: charging too much but anyway
0: yeah so the ufo congress is going to be happening so i'll be talking more about that uh we've got a lot of great uh speakers that uh, are lined up in fact uh i one of my favorite interviews from the virtual was with brian bender uh supposedly he should be able to come back i can't remember any of the people that she's confirmed right now i don't know if she's confirmed anybody uh except for verbal kind of talking ben hansen we talked He's a really good buddy of ours. We were hanging out with him the other day, and he says he'll do it. So he's always there doing the night vision. So he'll be doing night vision, but also other
1: stuff. So He's got a big new bouncing baby, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Rodrigo also. Oh, that's what Rodrigo is talking about. Sorry, Rodrigo. Um, We had Lori Rayfeld. One of the Rendlesham witnesses, she actually had a a witnessed something prior to the Rendlesham forest incident in 1980. Uh, We had her present last year and Rodrigo did this excellent video recreating her side sighting. And it is so good. Rodrigo, could you share the link to that uh, below and uh, I'll, definitely include the link to that video in the show notes, because it is a really, really cool video. Um, So I'll include that. Thank you. Uh, Kevin stills noting that Comic Con's already been canceled. Ever since I moved to the San Diego area, Comic Con's been canceled. So now that I live close, and I don't have to like, actually, because I was going with, uh, you know, I was joining uh, Den of Geek, who I write for, and helping them cover some Comic Con stuff. And It's a lot of fun, but we get a really
1: something usually.
0: It's usually July, I think, June or July, Okay, Mm -hmm. but yeah, usually we get this really nice Airbnb downtown San Diego that, but we all have to share it. So, uh, you know, we're all kind of stuffed in this, this place. So they're nice and we're always busy and it's fun. It's no big deal. It's kind of, but it's kind of funny, but now that I have a place where I don't even have to, you know, shack up with these guys in this room, um, Uh, Now we haven't had comic-con, so hopefully it won't be too long. Mystery at Eastgate is what Rodrigo says it's called. Rodrigo. No link. No, no link, dude. Come on. Give me a link. I'm going to look for it. But anyways, that is pretty much everything. Unless there are any other questions around any of that. A funny scene in Paul was filmed at comic-con. Oh, Paul, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg did the movie Paul too. And, uh, the people who did True Seekers. So, if you liked Paul, True Seekers is friggin' hilarious. Mystery at Eastgate. I'm gonna see if this video comes up. If it does, oh, here it is. This is it. I wonder if you could see it if I bring it up. I don't even have to ask uh, Rodrigo's permission. Because it's on YouTube, and I'm going to do it anyway.
1: You do a, <laughs> he can't stop me. He's going to do a copyright strike against you.
0: I'm just kidding. I'm not going to show the whole thing, but there's a little... I'm going to fast forward. But it's a great video. He essentially uses her witness testimony. There you go. But just so you can see, this is a really, really well done video. So I'll put the link down there. Um, and it's great because uh, yeah it's just done she is telling her uh, telling you what happened uh, as Rodrigo is, is showing you what happened so really cool here's a link to it and I'll also put it in the show notes interestingly someone brought up Larry Warren who I think was a dishonest witness when it came to all of that but she's friends with Show the whole thing, Alejandro? I, no, I'll let people go watch it because I want you to get the hits, Rodrigo One. Um, also, we should probably wrap this up. So uh, thank you, Rodrigo, for giving me permission. Um, he said, go ahead and make my day. But I want you to get the hit. So everybody go watch that. I've got the link that I shared just there and I'll share it in the show notes as well. All right, let's wrap this up. So uh, thank you so much, Martin, for joining
1: hey. Very welcome. A lot of fun as always.
0: Thank you all for joining, all of you listeners and viewers. Thank you all who were able to join live and ask questions. Thank you to all of my listeners out there. And uh, even though I'm kind of slowing down, stuff so I want, I you know, there's I I appreciate you all so much, and uh, that's why I want to keep doing the show to come and share with you and talk with you because it's always a lot of fun. And you guys are just, uh, as far as my listeners, awesome. So, uh, Strange Recon always telling people to go watch his stuff. So, yeah, he's got information in the chat. Thank you all so very much. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Caleb Hanks, for the opening and closed music of the podcast. Uh, Thank you to, I guess I've thanked everybody already, huh? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So thank all right. you all for listening. Until next time, adios, adios. Muchachos. muchachos. i
1: got to get that accent back. But...